we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny. Executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter. A People's History tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change, while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my PrevNA 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <laughs> no, he didn't. Andre, Andre <laughs> never had an original idea in his fucking life. No, I'm playing. Let's go. Here we go. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne, the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a legend and icon in the building. Wow. I got to spell it out. M-E-T-H-O-D. Man, I'm the man is here. When do they stand in interviews? Oh, it's all love. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's when do they be here in interviews? So she oh, ain't got no shame. She said she ain't got no shame. Yes. 
Yes. So, Charlamagne, we were wow. having a conversation before you walked in. Yes, sir. Yeah. We were talking about, you know, our annuals and going to the doctor yeah. and this, that, and the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was telling, you know, we were talking about colonoscopy. Got one. And um, the ladies in the room was like, yeah, they put you out. And I'm like, yeah, it was one of the best sleeps ever, Definitely. right? It's the same stuff they give Michael Jackson. They, right? te they tell you that before they do it. That's exactly what they said. I didn't want to say their names, but... Shout out to Trey Watt. But, <laughs> Method said, they put you to sleep. They ain't never put me to sleep. Right. Impossible. Right. Because I, I didn't know what the subject he was. He never got a colonoscopy. I've he got a got prostate one. exam. Got yeah. you, got you, got you. Yeah. 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 I don't think I've had a prostate exam. You had a prostate exam. No, I had the colonoscopy. The two fingers. You, have, look, you had a prostate. As a black man, we're more susceptible to prostate cancer. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I got mine checked first the first time at 44. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to wait till you're 50, 45, 50. No, it's 45 now to get 45, a colonoscopy. You got to go get a colonoscopy. No, it was 50, it was 50. They just changed it to 45. 45. Yeah, you got to yeah, get a colonoscopy. That's where right, they stick so, the tube up your butt. All right, so. And they look the, around for any polyps. Ah. So for the uninformed, it's, it's basically to make sure you don't have cancerous tumors That's right. inside That's of right. your no Because if they catch it early, yeah, no it can save you. You know, you don't have to go for another 10 years. So they know that you're free of cancer for 10 years. So if let's they, say if you don't, what are the symptoms of? You might not have the symptoms. But yeah, if, I mean, the people that I've known that have lost their lives to it, rest in peace, my man Combat Jack, He, by the time he went, he was stage four. Right, but it, he did say he thought that his stomach was getting bigger, but he said he thought it was because he was drinking and he wasn't eating. It's right, bloated, yeah. Like that. Wow. It could be blood in your stool. It could be a, yes. a bunch of different things. Sorry to talk about it today, but yeah, we, we got to make sure you go yeah, to the doctor. Absolutely, Beth. absolutely, absolutely. But you can get blood in your stool from straining too hard, right? Correct? I never got blood in my stool. I, to be honest, I, I haven't personally. Oh, I, I don't know. Well, but. I can't believe we're having a conversation with Meth about health when he is absolutely, positively, probably one of, all of us if in not here. the most absolutely. healthiest person in hip-hop. But I'm, now I'm informed about getting a colonoscopy. Mm -hmm. I, I have to, oh, well, I'm not going to look into it. I, I have to get it done. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right, well, that's something I have to do. Mm -hmm. when, when did you get so heavy in the workout games? I've been watching you for years on Instagram, oh, but like, what made you do it and when? It's been about 10, 11 years now. Mm -hmm. 10, 10, 13, 100 years now. Um. I don't know. It was more or less, it started with insomnia for me, and I had a membership, mm -hmm. but I never really used it. I would go sporadically, you mm -hmm. know, here and there, on and off, like a lot of people do. But something just clicked in me and said, you know what, let's go, let's go see what's up with the gym. It was about 4 in the morning. I was having all this insomnia, and it was open. So I started going. I had already had, like, my own program that I was following that my trainer had gave me previously. So, you know, one, three days started turning into four days and mm -hmm. four days turned into a month and months turned into you know years and um my journey's been pretty good man i had some good people around me helping me along the way as well mm -hmm. the fact that it's four in the morning you don't have to worry about people in the gym bothering you you're, yeah, you're kind of quiet and alone and you know it was a little community in there about five or six people that showed up every morning and they kind of welcomed me with open arms after they saw i was serious. about the first month mm -hmm. you got at least show up for like mm -hmm. the first month then they're like okay this guy's serious and, you know, I was getting tips and things. And matter of fact, um, later on, when I found a workout partner, which is great for anybody, you should always find a workout partner. Mm -hmm. They keep you honest and you keep them honest as well. Um, from there, that's when the journey really happened because up to that point, I wasn't even, like, following a, a, a strict diet regimen or anything of that sort, you know, because I was that, that uninformed. Mm -hmm. But over the years, having the workout partner and being around these people that were dedicated to it, picking up tips and things of that nature, yeah, definitely turned me into a gym rat. Did you slow down smoking at all? No. I wondered about that because you were always the OG weed guy. And, you know, like you, Snoop, I, Brad, 
Yeah, know? I mean, that, I mean, that's a that's a nice little lane to be in and stuff. But I, I always said I had so much more to offer, and I would hate to be just identified as just mm-hmm. the weed that. guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I think I've done a pretty decent job of that. No, that's an understanding. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now it's interesting because they got the BT's greatest rap, rap crews of all right. time. Right, right, right. Wu Tang versus Death Row. I'm not Humble. disrespecting Death Row in no way, shape, or form. I love Death Row and everything that they represented. Humble. I just don't know how it came down to Wu and Death Row. I, I, Death Row is not a me, rap me crew well. to me. For me, it's Wu and Outkast as the greatest yes, rap Wu and groups Outcast, of all time. Yes. But Death Row is not a, a, a rap group to me. They're not a rap no, crew. They're a crew. They're a label. Yeah, they're a label. And I think that's what they judged a lot of it based on as well. I mean, you got to really think about it. Those are groups, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Death Row. Yeah, but it was groups within groups, especially with a, a Wu Tang Clan, especially with the way we came in the game as a group with the option to sign as solo artists. So. Yeah, it, it kind of makes sense, and I'm I'm just humbled and honored in the, in the same breath because you know Death Row they were out what three years before we even dropped, mm-hmm. about three years before we even dropped, and we had heard nothing like that before from the mm-hmm. West Coast. I mean, I was a big NWA fan, you know, but other than that, everything else kind of slipped through the cracks. Even MC Hammer, you know, for a minute, um, he even slipped through the cracks because we didn't really gravitate to Hammer like that. He even knew it, you know, it was mm-hmm. more or less like you ain't hitting in Hammer, you ain't hitting in New York, Hammer. I'm going to turn this mother out. And he turned this mother out. Mm-hmm. He did exactly that. But, um, I mean, to be up against those guys, it's honor. Because, I, like I said, they they put it down. Like, whew, I had never heard anything like Snoop or Corrupt, Daz, Rage, any of them, really. Mm-hmm. You know, that, um, what was it? Uh, Stranded on Death Row mm-hmm. was the record. That was the first thing that I heard from them. And I was like, who in the is this? Dr. Dre from N.W.A.? Mm-hmm. Wow. And you guys already How, how do you develop a relationship with them? Well, hold on. I, I was going to tell people, they already defeated, you know, because we were talking about crews. They mm-hmm. they defeated Good Music, Rough Riders, mm. the Juice Crew, mm. G-Unit, and uh, Death Row has defeated YMCMB, TDE, and NWA. So mm. now the, the, the last battle is and the and, and Death Row. Yeah. They were in there too. Yeah, mm. absolutely. But I now love the last battle is Wu versus Death Row, and the voting can start right now. So how can they vote? Let me ask the people in, in the back. How, how can they vote? Go how to BT.com. That's Kim Osario's voice. BET.com slash vote if you want to vote. And today is the deadline, correct? Yeah. Okay. Today is the deadline. I'm, slash go vote. Slash go vote. BET.com slash go vote. I mean, vote Wu-Tang, vote Death Row, vote with your heart. You know what I mean? Like I said, it's just happy to be in the same space mm-hmm. with that greatness right there. Come on, man. Why are y'all Wu-Tang, man? I get it. I get it. But, you know, like I said, humility is, is always going to be my go-to in situations like this. You never want to make things bigger than what they actually are. You let other mm-hmm. people do that for you. Mm-hmm. How did you th- develop that relationship? Because you had that relationship with them because you was on a uh, Mind Made Up with Pop. Yeah. That that was weird because it was because I had a relationship with Snoop and Dog Pound. I mean, I had Snoop in my in my forerunner uptown. Wow. You know what I mean? We went to the, the gate mm-hmm. and I swear on anything I love. Each time I ever went there to dread with, I put my money through the slot and Give me the weed in. I bring Snoop. He opened the door. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Ask Snoop. Snoop can vouch for this. Let us in. Yeah, babies running around and shit. I've never been in this gate before. Like, oh shit. So this is what it's like. What year was this? This doggy style uh, Snoop? Or? Yeah, yeah, doggy style Snoop. Wow. Yes. So, so eight hundred thousand yes. one week, eight hundred thousand another week. Wow. And Snoop was in the hood in Harlem. Yeah, no security. Dog Pound was with us too. Before um, the beef though, these what the so-called East Coast West Coast. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't really no. We know we those who are informed. No, it wasn't. But mm-hmm. the funny shit was when we get back in the car, corrupt look at the shit was like, "Yo, cuz this shit, got, <laughs> shit got sticks and seeds." In the car. 
They ain't know about that Chaco. They ain't know about that chocolate and shit. It probably was some whack weed now that I think about it and shit, man. You know. Shout out to Benny Rat, B Rat. He don't want to put me on to that spot. Remember Benny? Yes, I know. I know. I know. So, so how did the record come about? Like, well, hanging out with the, um, you know, each time they came to the East Coast, I'd hang out with them. When I came to the West Coast, vice versa. And, um, you know, Daz came and scooped us up. We went to Daz's crib, smoking. He had some records. He was just playing some shit, and we just spit on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, the original song had myself, Rage, Daz Corrupt, of course, Red Man, Inspector, Inspector Deck. Deck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that verse just got released, but I don't know if it's AI. I can't tell. No, no it's, it's, it's real. Yeah, that was real? Out, yeah. oh, when that came out was real? Yeah, yeah, oh, it's real. Oh, wow, wow, um, wow. From the story that I heard through the interviews, um, Pac was like, the record too long anyway, take that shit off there. No disrespect to Deck, mm -hmm. but it was more or less like he's thinking, I got Redman and Bedford Bed on this record. Fuck that, let's chop it right there. The shit too long. Mm -hmm. um, took Rage off the record. Um, but I, I'd never actually recorded with Pac the same way I did with Big. When I recorded with Big, Tracy Waite was in the background. She came and scooped me. Tracy came and scooped me. And I wasn't supposed to be doing the record, so I kind of snuck and went and did it. Why was he supposed to do it? Because you were Well, you know, no, no, it was more or less because Wu-Tang, RZA, the plan was if we get hot, we keep the money in the family first. Then we'll build what everybody else wants we're right. You know what I mean? And you got, like, your hottest artist in your group at that point in time going to do other records, with, you know? Mm-hmm. I did it twice too, by the way. I did the the what with Biggie, and then I went and snuck and did How High with Red Man. So two of the greatest hip hop. I'm just of all saying. Time. I'm just saying. You know. So so wait. So to break it down. So so Tracy picked you up. Tracy picked me up to take me to the studio to do the what with Biggie Smalls that day, and me and Puffy played Torch. I remember that, right? Yeah, we definitely played Torch. I got his ass good too. I think I did that. Later. What was Puff Torch? What the hell? Was, what I can't even remember. He was just saying. I don't know. It was. <laughs> I don't know. It was a lot of. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> it was an actual game that wasn't just a skit. He just. It was just a skit on the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, but we used to play the. You know, we used to do it around the way and shit. Instead of snapping on each other, we used to play torture and mm -hmm. shit. And I guess Puff heard the, the skit and he wanted to play torture, so he got tortured in that motherfucker. And Big wasn't there during that time. Big was there. Oh, he was there. Yeah, and, and he wrote his rhyme. Contrary to what people say, he didn't need pen or paper. He wrote his rhyme there, and I wrote my rhyme there. Oh, he so he had a pen in the pack. Yes. Yes, he did. Absolutely. Are did. those first? Are those the first draft verses? Like, did y'all go back and change things? Nah, I wasn't no going back and change things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wasn't even. I mean, we talking analog. So mm -hmm. it was like when you went in there and spit. If you fucked up, you had to start over and start from the top and spit it again and write it wrong. Right, he, he don't know damn. Yeah, he too young. He don't know damn. analog. You asking one of the youngest people in here? Jesus he don't know, Christ! Don't know damn analog. Damn. So listen, so I, I got a question about that then because Biggie ends his verse. Don't tempt me, and then you go T H O. So he wanted had me to have some type of. He, he said, "Don't to, don't mess." It actually it was M E. Yeah, he said M E. So don't right. tempt me. He wanted me to come in right after that with T H O D man right behind oh, M E. Okay, okay. But it didn't fall in the pocket mm -hmm. because I was I had already written my verse. Mm -hmm. Like I'm writing my shit. Like I'm already four bars in. But you want me to start it with some other shit? It's like, okay, I'll try, but it overlapped. They wanted to wrap it over each other. Rapping over each other, but it still works. You ask yeah. me. Oh, so his his lyric was going to be M E instead of saying me. Mm -hmm. Oh shit. Mm -hmm. Man, I, I, I always like when I talk to y'all, it's like unbelievable because I don't even know y'all shit is like Greek mythology, bro. Like to, to 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 us on the outside looking in, it's like I, that shit don't even seem real. Y'all like real superheroes. Damn. 
No. Yes, for Factually, real. Yeah, it is. <laughs> wow. Because we don't never hear these stories. No, so the fact man, that we like, had two greats and how they broke it down and how they I tell their mind Angie Martinez went. that all the time. Like when I'm talking to people from that era, it's like, yo, that is that is literally like reading Greek mythology. Greek mythology. Well, it's a lot of well, of course, because I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna say. Let's say hip hop was in its um, early twenties. Mm-hmm. At that point in stage, it's still young. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's it like to fuck a lot. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like. I'm out in these streets. I'm 20 years old. I'm finding out what life is about. So it was a lot of more authentic, a lot more authenticity. When you heard records from the West Coast, you knew it was from the West Coast. You right. heard that that sound. When we heard UGK, we knew that was down south. You know, it was a, a difference. And not taking anything away from the music nowadays, because whatever works works. And I like some of the shit they be doing now, some of that turn up shit. But um, back then we had identities and everybody was fighting for their own identity whereas it seems like now everyone's fighting for the same identity same. Uh, yeah you know you think that hurts music especially with this being our 50th no. anniversary because it's no. new york doesn't have a sound now no that's going to spark the mind that changes everything you know what i mean that 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 goes against the grain cuz i mean when Wu-Tang came out where were we at in hip hop if you really think about it mm-hmm. it wasn't shiny suits but we were in suits mm-hmm. and a lot of that had a lot of that attributed to um wanting to see at the table where the R&B singers, in the R&B section, where the R&B singers were to basically put hip-hop on radar, on the radar and shit. Plus, it was hot. R&B mixed with hip-hop was hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, Puffy been using the, that for years. He took Mary J. Blige and said, well, maybe Andre, but I wasn't in the office, whatever. But they took Mary J. Blige and said, you know what? I hear these Kid Capri mixed uh, tapes and shit, and they're doing fucking R&B songs, but he's mixing hip-hop beats up underneath it. Blend. Let's do that. Mary blows up. Okay, we got Biggie. Let's flip it the other way. We're gonna take the R&B track and let him rhyme on those. The formula works either way is shit, but do. But are we to say fuck that hip hop? Fuck because we were like fuck that R&B shit. Mm-hmm. Fuck I that. But it worked. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for that R&B shit, there wouldn't be all I need. That's right. There wouldn't be a, a um a one more chance. Mm-hmm. Shit like that. You big know Papa, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, Big Papa. Even Montel Jordan. Fucking uh, um. This, this is how, how we, we do, do it, it. Do it, which yeah. is a direct bite of Slick Rick, if you ask me. Come on, right? Children's, Children's story. story. Same tempo. Damn bottom man. line. Yeah. It's the bottom line. What's the difference between biting and sampling? It's not biting. I mean, we if the, shit. Then Bismarck, he was biting all the old people mm-hmm. with all the samples he had on his shit. Mm-hmm. I think it's homage in more in more ways than one. Because a lot of these records we grew up listening to as children, so they resonate with us as well as the audience that we came up with. So it makes sense. At the end of the day, I don't think it's biting at all. But if you directly saying, you know, you coming straight out saying people rhymes, you know, and mm-hmm. claiming them as your own, I think something recently happened like that. A record that was done by Ludacris and somebody else. Oh, oh no, no, Callie. The, the young lady. She, her name is Callie. She, she did a similar yeah, no disrespect. Yeah, no, no, code, okay, yeah. no disrespect to her, but she's saying, I, I believe she said she never even heard Eric. She never, she never heard That's fair. Mm-hmm. That, that is totally fair. But when you get into the content of the record, it sounds... Like Luda's area codes, similar. She slowed it similar. down the hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah. there's similarities in there. But I mean, if you never heard the record, by all means, somebody mm-hmm. heard that record. Mm-hmm. Somebody did. Did you I, know all I need was gonna turn into the, the 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 big wedding song? It was. I was that, scared of it. That was my first. That, that's what I danced to at my wedding. That was my <laughs> nice remix. Word up. Nice. I didn't even want to put the record out. Why? Because I I knew what it would do. Not in that sense. I just didn't want to be putting that R&B light. Yeah, Remember, we had a problem yeah. with that. We had a real problem with that. And, you said you never liked the sex symbols. Well, that that that's something else. That 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 comes with like 
that's when people don't see the substance within. They only see the flesh. And I, I, I have a big problem. Time, I, I get I it. I, I can I can understand that. I can understand that. It's for real, for real. But it was a hood <laughs> love song. It wasn't like a, a polish. I mean, you went and got, you get, you got I, your woman's pan, tampons. Absolutely. But you can paint it any way you want to paint it. It's still I need love, but for another generation. You know what I mean? Paint it any, in any light you really? want to paint it in. So how did know? they finally get you to put it out? Uh, I think they gave me 50K. <laughs> was it 50? I don't know. I think it was like 25 or 50K. I, I was supposed to buy a car. Yeah, 50K. I was supposed to buy a car with it, but I didn't. I, I, put, I put that shit right in the bank. It's crazy to think. I saw, uh, I think he was on Mav Hopper. I, forgot, I think it was when you was talking about you can't believe the money that these artists are getting. Oh, get now, so yeah. when you hear 50K now. No, it wasn't. See, they took that out of context as well. It was mm-hmm. It was more or less me trying to delve into the, the, the hustle of private jet flying, right. being yeah, so yeah. frustrated with commercial airlines so much that... How are they doing this? And 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 in me doing that, it was misconstrued as misconstrued as me pocket checking or or you know fucking up the scam or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck they doing. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it was just me being curious, and it definitely got taken out of context. But there are some artists that you look at and you wonder, like they came in rich. <laughs> not, like you 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 wonder and shit. You know what I mean? Not not to delve too deep in whatever their backgrounds are, but it's like. Mm-hmm. Those finances come, you know what I mean? Like, you came in this bitch rich? Mm-hmm. You know? I'm not even talking about dudes that had their drug dealing lifestyle and they known in the street for that, but some of these, yeah, they got the up. clear blue. Private yeah. jet, one way, 30000 coming back is $30,000, $60,000. You're saying, what, they, they, you know they're not getting 60000 for a show. Well, I kind of, somebody uh, kind of broke it down to me. Okay, what okay. they say? Um, a lot of times, the people that own these planes are, maybe they're staying in California. Plane drops them in California and shit, but it has to go back to New York. It has to go back to... These people are basically taking those planes that are owned by these other people, so their flight that they have to take back to New York, they're getting on that flight. Buying a seat. Basically, yeah, yeah. Which is smart as fuck, you know what I mean? Pays for fuel, all kind of shit, but yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It is what it is. What was 50000 back then? What would that be the equivalent to now, you think? At least 100, 125000 Okay, and you said you put yours in the bank. Yeah, I put it in the bank. Like, did somebody put you up on financial literacy back then? No, just... not at all. And another thing that um, really grinded my gears that I even thought of back then was um, fucking health insurance. Some type of health plan for, because, um, you know, SAG takes care of a lot of things. Yeah. Yes, Absolutely, big yeah. time, big mm-hmm. time. They're a blessing. But there's nothing in place for music artists or mm-hmm. even, like, you know, they leave it up to you to have someone to advise you on things of that nature. But... You young, dumb, and full of, you know what I mean? 22 years old, coming to a lot of money. First thing you thinking is how I'm going to spend it. Right. You know, I mean, you thinking like, yo, know, CPAs and things of like that, but you really, you thinking how I'm supposed to, I'm going to spend this. It's like a bottomless, you ain't even thinking about where the next one's coming from because it's mm-hmm. coming in so quick. There's been times where I've gone on the road two weeks, come back home, and forget what I do for a living. Not not really forget. I know what I'm doing, but it's so much fun. You get lost in it so much that you forget you get paid for it. Mm. You know? And then you look at your account like, oh shit, what whoa, that's a lot of O's. Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Then it hits you. You know? It's a, it's a very it's it's a very lucrative business. I get why a lot of people wanna, you know, just jump into it and, and get their feet wet in it and try and hit big and it's like a lotto. It's like a lottery, so and it's it's a quick way to a uh, uh, long problems, especially right. if you hit big. It's like your mama good, your family good, everybody good, and now y'all living. Y'all got generational wealth for however long it lasts. 
you know. In that same breath, though, we're not paying attention to our own mental health, our own physical health, as well as financial gains or or financial literacy, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And people in the midst of that, as well as being taken advantage of and, and deals and things of that nature, by the time you realize that you're in trouble, um, the people around you already knew it and they're already gone. That's right. I was going to ask right. you, did you ever get to that, I call it the uh-oh phase, like everything is good and then it's like, uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, a lot of times. I really? Yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel like you would would have saved more money than most because you've never presented that lifestyle, never was flashy, never the jewelry, or never Or he the had cars. a catalog that could always put I, it back where he needed to be. I could always get a show. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? It's just the fact of wanting to get up and go do it. Mm-hmm. And motivation is motherfucking. When you feel unmotivated and depression, things of that nature, plus you're not feeling as worthy as you were, as you felt back in the past, it it it, weigh, it wears on you, takes a toll on you. Then you become recluse. You don't want to be bothered with anybody, but the bills still come. Mm-hmm. You still got to go out. So you do just enough to get by. Certain things catch up. I had a uh, tax... Um, a tax thing going on as well. IRS don't play. Yeah, they don't. Um, Crazy number? No, not not even. Not like some of these people, mm-hmm. no. Um, I, like I said, I always lived a modest lifestyle. Still to this day, I live a lot modest lifestyle. So, I mean, when it comes, I can't, I, I, it's hard for me to describe because I'm I'm still in that space where it's, why do I gotta get these motherfuckers my money? No, I feel you ain't gotta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. You I know, feel the same way. Mm-hmm. but so I know. Much of it. I, yeah, and I don't know, man. I, I leave that shit. Now they listen, so yeah, that's that's good. That's important. <laughs> I that shit, no, 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 they listen. But I was gonna ask you when, when you got into that. What made you have that love back again? Because like you said, you were depressed. You didn't want to go out. What What gave you that love? What gave you that inspiration? A few things. People that I grew up with, they were in the studio making music, was asking me to come through. Um. Battle rap, love those guys, man. Because you can tell, like, of course they get paid for those battles and stuff, but you can tell that they do it because they love that shit. You know what I mean? And that's how, why I even started. Um, and just wanting to, knowing that I had more to contribute than what I had. Knowing that, um, in hindsight, that if I would have did better or, or paid attention a little bit more, uh, it would have turned out better for me. But knowing that and, and, and saying to myself that there's always time to improve and what can I improve on helped a lot. Um, I started uh, being more grounded, um, taking better care of myself as well as my surroundings and the people around me mm-hmm. and listening more. That's one major thing right there that a lot of people don't do a lot. A good listener is going to learn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, one took the, me a the, while. One thing I loved that I saw you do you when you apologized to uh, the Destiny's Child. Yeah. And I, I just thought that was dope because that's something that, you know, we, we don't do. We grow up, we evolve, and you, we do constantly think about people we may have done wrong, yeah. but nobody ever just publicly said, hey, man. That was something that bothered me from the day it happened. Mm. 
like it really stuck with me for a very long time and I meant everything I said man it was genuine in that moment you know um they didn't deserve that shit and I was just miserable that's all nobody wants to admit that no, nobody none of us want to admit we yeah, it's us I, I was the miserable pretty, pretty much did you ever speak to them after the apology I haven't seen them I haven't seen them but you know I, I've, I've run into Kelly I've run into Michelle um haven't ran into, nobody runs into being like you no. don't run into Beyonce <laughs> no. <and> shit. <laughs> but yeah, I'm running into Kelly. Matter of fact, I'm running into Kelly Rowland in Flight Club in L.A. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To let her know I was very proud of what she was doing and everything. You know what I mean? And that was before the apology, mm-hmm. years ago. And Michelle, I seen her at a basketball game. I think she was finding Jesus at the time. Good for her though. No, she still is. She still, she she still, still is. Right? Make us a whole advocate. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, love her. When mm-hmm. did you realize? When did you say to yourself, "Yo, I'm it's me. I'm I'm miserable." I knew that back then. Really? Yeah, I knew it. I just didn't want to accept it. You know. And People you still. Well, what made you miserable? You had. It seemed like you had everything. You had success. You had the money. You had the life. It seems like you had everything. I didn't respect. I didn't respect anything. And with that being said, I didn't think anybody respected me. So I just wanted to go away and, and work on some things. And it, it, like I said, it worked out for me, man. I'm not suggesting everybody do what I did mm-hmm. or everybody can do what I did because, honestly, I, I can fall back on a group that's iconic at any point in time. So mm-hmm. there's always going to be a bag there for me. But the point is, is it satisfying enough for me to want to go back? Mm-hmm. What can I do to advance myself? And I think I'm doing a pretty good job of it, man. I'm I'm happy, and I think it's resonating, and people see it. You know, What's fucking up? calling me Zaddy at 52 years old. What is that shit? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is that? That's a good thing, man. That's a good thing. <laughs> what she say? She say they say, yo, yeah, they calling me Fine AF. Like, fine AF. What's Fine AF? <laughs> Air Force, nigga. <laughs> Air Force. Air Force. <laughs> so what got you into the into the uh, the movie and the acting? And when you do have to get that. into I've been it, I'm doing that shit. But do you feel a way when you have to audition because you are such a celebrity and star? People know who you are. No, there's never ego. I, I, that's one thing I never had was the ego and shit. I do. I don't like auditions. I don't know anybody that really does and shit. But you, I appreciate them. Um, it's it's. Hey, I mean, I I I would suggest that anybody that's because I get people in the music game all day. You know, I get acting shit. This I would tell them all the same thing. Do the work. Take the classes, read the books. Because when you step on that set, your next look gotta be your best look or they will not call your ass back. And when those people break bread in Hollywood, they break bread. Please believe it. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Me, man, I'm like like I said, one day at a time and I'm just gonna ride it till the wheels fall off. Mm-hmm. What's been your favorite role? Right now, the Davis role. The Davis role? Because mm-hmm. nobody's seen it coming. Mm-hmm. Nobody expected that, you know? And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I look at the dialogue, we get the scripts, and I'll look, and I'll go right to my part, and I'll look, and it's like, <sighs> a lot of dialogue here. <laughs> a lot of jargon. But I, 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 I credit the writers for, you know, giving us something that fits the palette enough mm-hmm. that we can digest it and, and make sense of it every time. So it's my pretty favorite, easy. My favorite meme is when they do your how high character and they be like. Yeah, that was fairly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got you as Davis. That was fairly new right there. I like the one I never miss. I like that one because I never miss. Mm-hmm. Why the hell did they replace Redman with, like, as you really your brother? Yes. He wouldn't get the jab. Oh, wow, wow. Okay. Yeah, at least that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, did I talk to Red Man about it? No, uh, we ain't, we ain't, we we close, close. We don't 
Like shit like that don't even need to be said. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it happens. Um, yeah, he he's not the first or the last person that that'll probably happen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember uh, what's the guy's name? Fall guy, actor, very good at what he does. Rock. John Dutton? No, no, no. His name is actually Rock. Rock, 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 Rock. He's a very good actor. I think he smacked the fire. He smacked fire out of Sinai Lathan in that Tyler Perry movie. Rock. You mean old sitcom Rock? They said the sitcom no, 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 his name is Rock, I believe. Rock I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm wrong. That's not his name. But he smacked fire out of Sinai Lathan in that movie, uh, the Tyler Perry joint. Mm-hmm. Cause she was sleeping with the white dude. It was like he ain't oh, your I know baby. Exactly what you talking about? What's he talking about? Fire! I picked his head uh, yeah, with a beast in my head. I can't think of his name. I know exactly what you talking about. Light skin, brown. Like the, I know exactly. Yeah. Um. He was let go on the show because he wouldn't get the jab, and he was one of their uh, leads, I believe. Mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but you know, just to say that you know, Red Man, he made a decision, and. I stick by whatever his decision was. I, if he feels that was best for him, I agree with him. Got you. You know what I love, man, and I don't know how you feel about this. I feel like there's no group in hip hop documenting their story and history better than Wu Tang. And, w- and what I mean by that is, y'all got the television series. Yeah. Y'all got books. Yeah. Y'all had the documentary on Showtime. That's do you, RZA. Do you feel like the story's being told properly? I, as RZA, I mean, it, it's from his his perspective, so. It's being properly told through his lens. You know, of course we all have our own interpretation of how shit should be or how shit should go. But what you have is what you got. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to stick by him. That's my dog. All of it is really like, because I, I got to no, love, no. I love the doc on Showtime. The documentary is all genuine. Okay. Of course. Doc, it's a documentary, but the, the show, of, I mean, I, I don't know. watch this episode. Is that true? No, I haven't. I only seen clips like on YouTube and stuff like really? that. And it's usually Dave's clips. People to send them to me. Why he not? did a great job. I don't know. I just couldn't get a grasp on it, you know. And I was watching Snowfall at the time, so <laughs> <laughs> you were EP I on did. the Wu Tang. I, I know, I know, but I've been there. I, I lived that already. He said, "I did that. I've been there. I didn't." I was going to ask. Is it accurate? No, of course not. No, okay, okay, no, okay. no, no. But none I, of them are actually. Even the BMF joint isn't accurate mm-hmm. at all. Loosely based. Yeah, loosely. Is what they say. Yeah. Back to music. You, you get back to the music. You, you got that inspiration yet? I've always been in the music, but the doing the, an the, album. The, I what, what, say. Well, yeah, I've I've done three mm-hmm. since. Um, but the thing is, um, I do it because I want to, not because I have to. So that's pretty much why you guys probably haven't heard anything mm-hmm. or seen anything. But mm-hmm. I'm still there. Still there. Ask some of your favorite rappers. Favorite rappers. They'll tell you for real. Meth Lab One Two Three. That Conway joint. Yeah, that's my yeah. guy right there, mm-hmm. though. But those dudes, like, that was that was an honor to do that because I love what they're doing. It's like it was still a place for lyricism and, you know, just hardcore boom-bat beats. To, to go back to documenting uh, the Wu-Tang story, are you going to write a book? Because I love Raekwon and you guys. And his name is Rockman Dunbar, just to get his name right. Rockman, Rockman Dunbar. Dunbar. Rockman Dunbar. Dunbar. Rockman Dunbar. Nice. Um, say again? Are you gonna write a book? I think every member of Wu-Tang should write a book. I love Raekwon's book, Staircase to Stage. I love you guys, Raw. I don't know if you read them. Mm. They all speak highly of you in there. You gonna say I was a crackhead? <laughs> no, I'm playing. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I know. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, no. I, if I if I did decide to do something like that, I like how Mike did his thing. Oh, the one man play oh, joint. Yeah. Mm. You know, because I'm pretty good at you. telling stories. I think Ice T should do something like that. You mm. guys get Ice up here. Ice got the best story. Ice hasn't been up here yet, right? Nah, no, Ice, Ice got the been a best pair. stories, bro. Like 
and you know Ice T's been in the game for decades. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking thirty plus. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That dude, he has a lot. But yeah, I would love to do it like that kind of thing, like on a stage and just go through it from the time that I, because I can remember all the way back to when I was two, two and a half years old. Really? Yeah. I can't. I can go back to kindergarten. How the hell do you remember two years old? My mom told me that I was two because I described our house we lived in when I was two years old. Wow. And we never stayed in any place for too long. So for me to be able to describe this house, you know, as soon as you come in the door, the living room, then you had the kitchen here, was opening here, opening here. We had three cereals. We had uh, uh, Frankenberry, Booberry, and we had the werewolf one. Anybody remember that one? No, I don't remember. Fruit brew. Fruit brew. Mm -hmm. All right. Two years old. Then you go down this long hall. It was a doorway here. That was me and my sister's room. Doorway at the end of the hall, mom and dad's room. The reason why I knew that was because each night one of us would fall out the bed, start crying, one of them would come get us, bring them in the room with them. Directly at the end of the hall, bathroom. Two years old. Jesus. It's a genius child Damn, two years word, old. Word I feel like you gotta tell this, I feel like you have to tell your story. Though, gotta right? start from there. Cause if you don't, somebody else. I definitely will. start from there. I remember being pushed out the window in my diaper. What? Well, it was, a, it, was a, it was a pair of drawers, but, you know. Who pushed you out the window? I think my sister did. She it didn't was like snow it? outside. It was, it was only one. By the way, the house was only one level, okay? Okay, all right. One level. Still, though, you're a baby if you're in a pamper. You know, it might have been drawers. I was two, mm-hmm. two and a half. Shit, it might have been my drawers, but I just know I didn't have anything on except that. And it was white. I remember that much. And freaking um, um, Fat Albert coming on television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the Wu Tang series ends with y'all having a, a, a issue with Divine, and that seems to be a common theme. And everybody had story. an issue with Divine. Yeah, everybody had an issue with Divine. It comes with the territory. If you're Wu Tang, you have an issue with Divine. Period. <laughs> I wonder how he feels about that. Mitchell. My nigga, Vine is cool as hell. Vine cool as the other side of the pillow. I think that dude did an excellent job playing Vine. Mm-hmm. You know, and but the guy that really resonated to me the most, especially when I see the um, clips, is the guy that plays Power. Mm-hmm. He's got his mannerisms, the laugh, everything. That, <laughs> that that's power. Mm-hmm. All fucking day. I think he killed that shit. So you didn't help with your role at all? In the- I went and spoke to Dave, and okay, I okay. told Dave, Dave, the reason Dave really got the part, Dave is an MC mm-hmm. from New mm-hmm. York. It's a given. Mm-hmm. The mannerisms and all that shit mm-hmm. gonna be, I was like, do you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't be Method Man. I wasn't Method Man then. Be that MC, that fly MC from New York, and Dave did a good job, man. I be wondering what you and uh, I just wanted him to be comfortable. Was he? You think you were? Cause it's hard, right? Playing. I, I, I can I could tell when he was uncomfortable when he from because you have an eye for stuff like that. But mm-hmm. once he hit his stride, he was off to the races. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was killing it, especially when you put the mic in his hand. Some of them dudes was rhyming way off beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's the thing, but you man. know when you have a couple of swords and you put them together. <laughs> and it makes, I mean, it's the Wu-Tang. It's the slang. It's the sword style of rhyming. God. Jesus. Jesus. I always wonder what the conversations are like between you and Mary on set. Man, me and Mary be laughing. Mary's funny as hell. Y'all wouldn't know it, though. <laughs> do y'all reminisce or do y'all live in the now? Like, because y'all got it. Both. Oh, both. Okay, okay, okay. Both. Mm-hmm. Mary cool as hell and mm-hmm. shit. You know, um, I don't want to say too much because, you know, it's, Regular shit for me and shit with her. Right. It's like that's that's little sis right there, little big sis. Mm-hmm. Cause she born before me in January. But Mary cool as hell. I mean, I, what can I say? And shit, I that I haven't said already in the interview. She no, the fucking queen. She demands respect. Mm-hmm. 
and she gonna get it. And she mm-hmm. deserves it. Yeah. I do wonder about the bond that people have when they make a hit <clears throat> record though. What you mean? Like, cause y'all are like, y'all like kind of married for life. Mary made me feel comfortable first when okay. I first met her. I met at Puffy's um, birthday party. I think it was Roseland. When that shit, remember Roseland? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Roseland Ballroom. Yeah. Um, she came up to me and was like, bring the pain with my shit. And I was like, wow, this Mary J. Blind. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to tell her that Love No Limit was my shit and I started singing it to her a little bit. But yeah, it was dope, it was dope. Next thing I know, he was in the studio recording. And Who she, set that yes, up? Did Puff set that up? Puff, Puffy. Shout out to Puff Daddy, fucking Diddy, man. Diddy, love that dude, man. Like, people don't, what they do, they do. They give him his props. Mm-hmm. They have to. It's like, Puff Puff that nigga, though. Puff been around a long time, man, and I respect the shit out that dude. It all the goes back that, to tonight, too. Hold on, one talk more about thing. The I got to ask this other fan. What's that? The, 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 I saw you on say, on Math Hoff, and you were talking about how you didn't really like to cow, per se. What do you mean? The, the, the first album? Yeah. Yeah, because when we f- originally recorded it, there was a flood. I, I remember, the, I heard about the flood. A lot of the music got 100. But, um. I think you're being too hard on yourself with the cow. Yeah, I mean, those rhymes, a lot of those rhymes was written between 15 and 17 years old. So, you know, I had been doing that, those, some of those for a while. Um, But the music side of it, it was like making shit on the fly at some point. Um, Even. It was, it was just hard. It was rough. Gym. It was rough because we were on, we were basically touring promoting the first album, and they had us way on the West Coast. Then we'd be in North Carolina somewhere, and I'm going in all these different. Some of the studios were so nasty, like had rats and shit. The Papa Stopper with the stocking over it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, shit like that. But we got through it, and and, and the the best part about it was that the album did well because it set the standard for the rest of the albums, solo albums that came after that. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, we really gonna be waiting for this Raekwon joint, or mm-hmm. we really gonna be waiting for this old Dirty joint, you know what I mean, so on and so forth. You a comic book guy. Yep. So what if the flood never happens? Where where where, where does Wu Tang? My shit right? probably would have been five mics. I got four and a half in the source, or four. <laughs> it was four. It was four four in the source. I think I got four in mm-hmm. the source. But a lot. But you know what though? And I'm glad y'all brought that first album up because that first album, man, a lot of that shit had to do with these women on this couch back here. Kim Rhonda. Okay. Uh, well, Kim, not so much. Rhonda <laughs> and and Tracy. Okay. Like, but Kim was at the source. But but she wasn't number one when I right, first started because right, right, that was right. Maddie and you know Maddie and them and <laughs> right, shit. Right, right, not right, taking right. nothing away from Kim. That's my homie right there. Love Kim. <laughs> Kim like, well, no, I, no, I love Kim. I ain't, I ain't trying to shade her or nothing. But the truth is the truth. Got you. Very instrumental in 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 molding me into the artist that I am today, or or was at that point in time. Got that album done. Gave me all the promo and everything that I needed, and it got and it went crazier after all I need dropped. Because once all I need dropped, it was like I was in the office every day meeting people that I hadn't even freaking met before. How's it feel to still work with, with these ladies? Because, I mean, these, these are ladies that- When I came in the hall, when I came in the lobby, it was like I didn't even recognize Tracy at first. I'm, 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 I'm here, give me a hug. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and then I come in the, and I see Rhonda and Kim, and I'm like, this is a fucking reunion mm-hmm. right now. So mm-hmm. now I'm comfortable because I was coming in here on my bullshit. Now I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's talk about it. The championship matchup is tonight. The BET's greatest rap crew of all time. Yes. And performing at the White House, too, man. Oh, no, no. I'm not performing. Oh, you're not? No, no, no. I'll be there, though. Oh, I'll definitely okay, be okay, there. Okay, the team performing at the Juneteenth. Yeah, it's going to be hot. Well, how know? can they vote, Kim? What's, the, what's, the, the, what's the website? That ain't going to happen. <laughs> BET.com slash go vote. Did I say that right, Kim? BET.com go vote with your stinking ass. All right. Add that and, part. And, man, I just want to tell you I love you, bro. I'm a fan. Thank a you, bro. A lifelong fan. You really are a, a, a superhero to me. 
Respect. I, I get around, I get around Meth and Wu Tang and feel like a kid. Like, Hell God yeah. damn. Y'all gonna get a third seat in this motherfucker? My son need a job. <laughs> no, I'm just asking this shit. He funny as fuck too. That's right, he funny. Yeah, he funny. Why you bring him with you? <laughs> he got to watch him in a movie. Yet? He got to watch his son. He got to watch my grandbaby. Oh, okay. Oh, All right. Well, there you have this. The Breakfast Club is Method Man. Salute, Good morning. Yeah. We just need to do two things for BT. All right. All right. We'll be back with more Method Man. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club on BT. How was that Devin Franklin shit though? Like, He's funny. Pretty good. Keep it locked. We got more with Method Man when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club on BET. I met him. Welcome back. We're still kicking it with Method Man, Charlemagne. Cool. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk, can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 